going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the QB Spotlight Podcast. As always, you can find us wherever you find your various podcasting platforms, and we have some information on that as we're trying to grow this podcast in the future. I will let the man behind QB Spotlight, Mr. Stephen Hamner, bring that to you in a second. But before we get to that news, Steve, I don't know how you are feeling. I am here in the Sunshine State, only one thing. It hasn't quite been as sunny and shiny as uh, as the namesake would hold to it we are i saw something on on uh, the weather channel the other day it said that our temperatures here are about 16 degrees cooler than it would be in wyoming which is uh, not quite why us floridians love to be out in our hoodies and shorts so i uh, don't know how you're doing over there in texas man but uh, it's nice out right now i'm taping the podcast out here on uh on uh, the patio but um yeah man how you doing over there in the lone star state Man, things are good here, Eric, and uh, it is chilly here as well. But uh, and for, for y'all that don't, that haven't met Eric in person or had have had the absolute pleasure of uh, spending an afternoon with him or hanging out with him, nine times out of ten he is showing up in a cutoff shirt. Usually uh, it's a UCF Knights cutoff shirt. Hat looking, he's got some good style, much better style than me. But I think it's safe to say he's probably not in a cutoff shirt right now because. All my Floridian friends have been texting me, like, it's freezing, it's freezing. I check, it's like only like 46 degrees. Still cold, <laughs> I admit, but uh, it's not Antarctica over there, Eric. But uh, I digress. <laughs> well, well, you got to remember this. I went to grad school in Chicago, so I yeah. actually am I actually am in a in a cutoff shirt and shorts right now because here's the thing. I'll make it quick. You know, I, I'll spare us, uh, the listeners. You, know, you guys don't come to us for weather uh, advice. But uh, uh, here's the thing, Steve. When I was a Floridian and the cold weather hit, Yes, I was that person who was in a scarf in 70 degree weather, right? But once I got to Chicago and I felt what real cold feels like, Mm -hmm. at least your body knows what that feeling is like, right? So it's not such a shock as opposed to when I was a Floridian and and those 50 degree weather days would hit the few ones. You'd be like, whoa, your body doesn't know what to do with it. But with my man, when you have been in Chicago in negative two, (laughs) don't nothing else compare, so... No, no argument there. I've never been. I've never been that type of weather, and uh, don't intend to. <laughs> but Steve, as I mentioned off the top, you know, got some pretty exciting news. I know. I want to let you be the one to introduce it to the audience. This is kind of, you know, your baby, uh, or, or figuratively. It's a, uh, you know, a little while ago, it could have been your baby, but now you figure it's a figurative baby. You have a literal baby. So, right. um, this, uh, this has been a passion project that you, you've uh, you've worked on for a while. So I'll go ahead and let you bring us in with the uh, the exciting news about how we're growing the the podcast. Yeah. So, so if y'all follow us on Twitter, y'all, y'all know we've been. Uh, expanding and some there's some cool things going on uh kind of behind the scenes that we won't you know say everything just quite yet uh but we we are uh, starting to work with uh with draft diamonds uh the website is nfldraftdiamonds.com you can find the twitter handle on uh at draft diamonds on twitter and so they're going to be sharing our podcast so they'll be uh kind of quote unquote kind of hosting our podcast and kind of, kind of sponsoring us and getting us uh, kind of more out there. And uh, they are a great follow for any, any kind of uh, um, kind of, they, they do stories on kind of like diamonds in the rough, if you will, college football players. So kind of like lower level school guys, similar to kind of the, the guys we cover uh, the quarterbacks we cover. So they do interviews and they cover prospects. They do just a fantastic job and they're always putting out content. So uh, if you, if you haven't, uh, heard of them or you're looking for more football content to follow please check them out at draft diamonds or nfldraftdiamonds.com all right glad you got that uh my man steve did his first ad read he's, he's becoming a, a a broadcast journalist here a professional yeah, you. <laughs> <laughs> all right I, I promise we're gonna get into into the, the recap 
I'm gonna give you one more quick story. I remember uh, when we did our James Morgan episode last year. I, I haven't I haven't made this joke to Steve. Uh, we were talking, or we actually did it on the air. We're taping, and Steve's like, "I want to make it clear, I'm not I'm not a journalist. I'm not a reporter. Or anything. I'm just I'm just a quarterback." I'm like, <laughs> I'm "Like, all right, Steve, we, we got it, sir." <laughs> like, you're throw me. Uh, oh man! All right, let's go ahead and jump into it here. Week 14, a recap. Uh, let's start with Michael Pratt. You know, he's a guy who we've talked about a little bit towards the end of the year as his play is picked up, as his team's play is picked up. And, you know, Steve, I don't know about you, but I definitely feel he's a guy you're going to want to keep an eye on heading into 2021. We'll have to see what the situation is there at Tulane with a new offensive coordinator. Of course, his offensive coordinator, Will Hall, is now in Hattiesburg, is the head coach, new, newly named head coach of the Southern Miss Golden Eagles. But that being said, let's go and take away Michael Pratt. Um, I, you said another solid performance, and I want to give you room to talk about that. But let's spin it forward a little bit. What are the expectations you kind of have now that you've got about half a season of Pratt under a, a film under your belt and kind of what he may project? You know, maybe maybe another American guy for point of reference or whoever whoever you think would be a good point of reference going forward. Yeah, so I, I think it's funny. So I think Michael Pratt is a – I don't want to compare him to Brady White, but he's like an athletic version of Brady White. Um, you know, similar size. Um, so it's, it's funny they actually played against each other this past weekend. Uh, but he's a guy who, who's shown the ability to develop. So he didn't have his first uh, game with his with a completion percentage over 63 until, I believe, four games ago. Until then, the highest completion percentage was 58.3. And then four games ago, uh, he has his first completion percentage game of above 63. And three of the last four games, it's been 63% or higher. And so he's a guy who's gotten uh, better and better as the season gone on, has gone on. He's been able to develop more and more. And I think the game against Memphis showed it with four total TDs, uh, 21 of 33, so another kind of efficient game through the air. And whoever is offensive coordinator coming in, I think they – they're going to be in for uh, warm welcome. Isn't probably the, the the right the right way to describe this, but it's going to be an easier uh, an easier kind of settlement period with Michael Pratt with an off with or about you can build an offense around. So I think he's shown a lot on film, especially the past you know four or five games uh, to take that step. And it's kind of like he's gotten better throughout the season. And, and you know Brady White, who you know that they just beat uh, this past weekend, has and we won't, we won't talk too much about him. We talked a lot about Brady White uh, this whole season, it, his performance has kind of gone the opposite direction, if you will. So it's kind of like, it's kind of like the, the older guys are handing off the reins to the newer guys as, you know, the transition period is happening. But if you're an offensive coordinator going into Tulane, you got to be excited with Pratt as your quarterback. Steve, really quick before we transition to the next quarterback, the thing you got to be excited about with Michael Pratt, 18 touchdowns to five picks. Now, granted, mm -hmm. defense is not necessarily a calling card in the American, especially this year. But with that being said, he hasn't quite had his freshman game. And we're going to talk about a guy uh, after this who had his quote-unquote freshman game, right? Mm -hmm. uh, obvious being Lee Grant Wells, uh, quarterback of Marshall Thundering Herd. I had a chance to watch his game from start to finish. As I was covering Conference USA, great win for Rice, great win for that program. The brand intellectual brutality, they won it that way. 20-0, to good defense, good run game. But we're going to stick with the quarterbacks here and talk with Grant Wells. Steve, from my count, I would say two of the picks weren't on him. You know, one right. was him just trying to make a play. The other one, ball kind of bounced, uh, tipped up, and and uh, was intercepted. But still, five interceptions credit to him. Three, you can say, were, were kind of his fault. What did you see out there from what you uh, – you had a chance to watch most of that game? So I didn't get as much eyes on on you uh, as you did, uh, actually. Okay. But uh, but I'll just go ahead. Like The biggest takeaway that I saw, because I did see a decent amount, was – you know, as a quarterback, sometimes it's hard to crawl out of that hole. 
especially uh, when you dig that hole yourself and you've never done it before. Does that make sense? And he's him being a freshman. So absolutely. And Steve, I want you to hold that thought and elaborate on that more, please, for the audience. In terms of digging a hole, digging your hole, and 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 if you're a quarterback, let's say you're you know star quarterback, good enough to get a D1 scholarship, you're probably never throwing five picks in your life. You're probably never throwing three picks in the first half. In your life. So just elaborate on that a little bit. Yeah. So I, I think especially being so young and always having success, um, you're not used to to having to I don't want to say fight back because you've been fighting, you know, your whole career since you but having a, a horrible performance and having to bounce back that game as as well. So the fact that Marshall's been uh, you know dominating for the most part in most of their games they've played this year, and he, granted there have been games that he hasn't, you know, flashed or so to say, but he's never had a game like this. And so uh, just not – you have to get used to, one, bouncing back from, you know, failure. They haven't had much failure lately, uh, especially Grant Wells. So I think this is probably a good growing game for, for him. But as far as being able to bounce back in the game, he, of course, you know, was not able to and was, was pressing and, you know, actually was able just to, to hold that lead. So I, I want to kind of switch this to you uh, real quick just because you were able to get more eyes on it than, than I was. Are, are you one? Are you concerned at all? Me personally, I'm not. And then two, how much do you think this is to do with one, just being a freshman and not digging yourself out of your own hole? And two, or I guess three. And three, um, it was what almost a month into that they. I think the last game they played was the 14th, if I'm not mistaken, that weekend against Middle Tennessee. And before that, they played at least they played like every week or every other weekend. So they had you know over three week break. So do you think that played any role as, as far as the, the not not regression, but just the, the the poor game from Grant Wells? Steve, this is going to be a little bit of a hot take here, but you know I'm not necessarily a big hot take guy, right? I think a lot of the 2020 football season is glorified spring practice, and I'm going to tell you why. The <laughs> there's been no sort of normalcy to this year in terms of you would never and, and it's it's steve we've become used to games being canceled and all right okay it's just another cancellation i'll have to come back and do it again that is not the norm yeah i'm gonna you know use butch davis's line here about the only way players no matter what position can get better is by practicing week in week out and by playing games week in a week out and that's uh, you don't have to be a journalist or a football expert to figure out that's just i don't care what you do in life <laughs> the way you get better at is through repetition yeah. hey i'll use the example of charlotte steve Imagine if you're Will Healy and you're talking to your team about guys, I need you to focus. I need you to avoid the 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 distractions of a, being a young collegiate student. You know, don't go out there and socialize, socially distant, all that stuff, right? Only to have your game canceled two, mm. three, four weeks in a row, hours before kickoff. Yeah. At a certain point, you're 18, 19, 20, 21 years old, and it's like, all right, well, screw this. Uh, you know, how much discipline can you have? And yes, you expect student athletes to be disciplined, but to bring all the way back around to Marshall and Grant Wells, this year's hasn't been normal. So when you take that time of time off, that 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 uh, you know amount of time off, I'm not surprised that he had this game. A and B, yes, this is the QB Spotlight podcast, but it wasn't just him. You yeah. know, the Marshall defense performed well. <laughs> Considering fact, they had to fight five turnovers, but offensively they were out of rhythm. And I'm going to pass it back to you on this one before we transition to the next quarterback. I will tell everyone who will listen: defense can travel. Defense can travel well. It can kind of you know deal with mitigating circumstances. Offense is about timing and rhythm and going out there and executing consistently week in and week out. I don't know how a lot of these offenses are being able to do so because you can't build that consistency. Yeah, no, I 100% agree. And you make a great point because it's like even say even if you 
uh, this is this <clears throat> college football as a, as a whole right now, but, you know, we've talked about Marshall, but say even if, if you are clear to play that game, uh, so you had COVID testing, whatever, uh, some programs are, are shut down for a few days. They get, you know, one day of practice and they play that Saturday game. You know what I mean? So it's like, even if they are playing, like Marshall's played, what, eight games, maybe nine games? Um uh, I would, eight seven and one should be seven seven and one yeah i would say that's probably a pretty fair that's a pretty decent amount of games being played and you know the, the pandemic and um i know some schools you know have not played that many than you know schools like texas state have well but even the schools like like marshall that in that eight-ish game range that have played most of that have played most of of the the, the games even the games that you know they're playing there, there are times where, like, you know, they're shut down Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday. Okay, they're able to practice on Thursday, fly on Friday, and play on Saturday. So, like you said, even the even the games that aren't canceled, preparation still takes a hit. So, while they're getting that experience in the game, yes, they're still missing out on, what, three or four practices a week at times. Uh, so, I'm just kind of echoing, echoing your point and uh, that, that, yes, it was not surprising. It wouldn't have been surprising if he played a great game either, right? But it wasn't surprising that there was a game like this in the, in the season we're having like this. Steve, next quarterback we're going to talk about is Tyrell Pigram. Between the Conference USA podcast and this podcast, we've talked about him a ton. At least I know I have. So I'm not even going to get into necessarily the fact that, as, as you have here noted, it's one of the best games of the year. I'm going to ask you a point-blank question. Yep. What you've seen from Tyrell Pigram the last few weeks do you think he can come back next year and maybe be that tie story type quarterback that gives his team a chance to win if they have good defense, good running game? Do you see enough of Tyrell Pigram now that gives you a little more hope than maybe you felt early on in the year? So I think as far as performance, I think it's even though he had his best game, in my opinion, against Charlotte, I think it's still pretty similar to uh, what he's done throughout the year. He's had flashes, but has been inconsistent, you know, and, and it's hard to play good offensive football when you're inconsistent. Uh, the, the one thing I'll take it from him is he's had, he had zero interceptions on the year. Uh, I don't have the amount of touchdowns he had. I want to say he, he really didn't throw a pick all year. I'm sorry, not to cut you off. No, no, yeah, no, zero interceptions. Now I know he did fumble, but I don't know, maybe one or two lost fumbles. I'm not sure on the fumbles, but zero. He's fumbled a couple times. Yeah. But so zero interceptions all year. That, that is encouraging one if you're Western Kentucky. Um, but at the same time, if you don't throw picks and you, and you, and you don't score, then, you know, how good really is that? Um, but at least it gives you a chance to win. Their, their only game they're really blown out, if I can remember, was it was it BYU? Um, um, Louisville as well. Louisville got out of hand pretty quickly. Yep. Uh, and then uh, there's maybe one other game like that. Uh, but hey, really quick. Yeah. Really quick. Can I throw something out at you? Because I, I just want to um, let yes. the, the audience know this. So um, no picks in 264 attempts. So, I mean, that's still, for a college quarterback, still pretty solid. Yeah. Um, the yards per attempt. I'm going to let you take a guess here. Oh gosh, um, you, you you've you've seen enough of Western to know. Yeah. I, I'm gonna say six, five point four, five point four. So yeah, you 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 need a lot higher than that. At least you want at least a yard and a half higher than that, probably. Um, okay, so wow, that's interesting. But right. To, to answer your question, I say yes. I've seen enough, and the reason I say that is going back to the point we just talked about with Grant Wells. Uh, the lack of practice and the lack of being able to prepare, even though they did play, I think, 11 games, but still it was kind of sporadic. So if he comes back, I think he's a senior, grad transfer senior, but he does have that yeah. extra year. So yeah. if he comes back, I think there is – I think there can be hope there. Uh, if not, then, uh, you know, he did play better at the end of the year. So, All right. Let's go on treasures to the Sun Belt and some pretty breaking news that actually 
just uh, crossed the wire just before we started taping this podcast. But we will start with Arkansas State and Louisiana Monroe. Lane Hatcher, 11 for 14, 326 yards, five TDs. We someone that we've talked about this quarterback situation a lot. Uh, Logan Bonner, he, he's now transferring. So, you know, we're doing this not to worry about the Logan Bonner Lane Hatcher dynamic because it appears that Lane Hatcher is at least one out in this regard. I'm going to let you go ahead and take it away, whatever your thoughts are on, on Lane Hatcher, and then we'll transition to the Arkansas State news. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, like, like you said, I'll let you get to the news in a second. Um, but this is, you know, I forget the receiver's name that had, that had a huge game this year. Jay uh, Adams. Or Jay, John Adams. John no, Adams. It, it wasn't him. It was, um, uh, I forget the name. Maybe. I'll, I'll, I'll get it for you. I'll get it for you. Continue. Uh, but re- regardless, it's crazy how many good receivers Arkansas State just produces. But this game, this kid had, I don't know exactly how many yards, but he, he led the team in yards and touchdowns. But Lane Hatcher, I think this is, because Logan Bonner now transferring, we got or at least in the is in the transfer portal, um, according to two twenty four seven Sports. That was earlier this week, uh, so that takes pressure off Lane Hatcher moving forward. That you know now he is the guy. But you know, as Eric will we, we'll kind of get to here in a second, uh, there is you know breaking news happening at Arkansas State. So uh, good game for Lane Hatcher, and you know he can kind of avoid anyone breathing down his neck now. So it seems, but there's you know more pressing. Uh, issues if you will probably going on at arkansas state right now okay so the receiver you're talking about and i actually forgot i believe john adams has actually uh opted out getting ready to go nfl draft so right. he actually not part of the team but Corey rucker a freshman nine grabs 310 yards four tds how about this to follow it up jeff foreman four grabs for 144 and two tds so certainly the ball was getting pushed downfield the yeah. the breaking news that came out shortly before this podcast started taping is that arkansas state head coach blake anderson been there i believe that this is his sixth or seventh year if memory serves me correct he is reportedly resigning to take the job at utah state you know steve is kind of follows the there's a good chance to follow the, uh, the mountain west a little more than i do so we kind of talk about this off air in terms of whether that was a lateral move or a promotion we won't necessarily get into that aspect but we want to get into the on the field stuff I've had a chance to see Blake Anderson's offense when they played in the Camellia Bowl against FIU. It's a fast break offense. It is basketball on a football field. You know, I remember watching Logan Bonner sling it. I mean, they, I think he may have thrown the ball 31, 32 times in the first half. Um, you know, so and that was with Omar Bayless, of course, the star receiver. So you know what type of offense they're going to try to play. I just want to ask you as someone who, you know, being a quarterback guy and offensive guy, what do you see from what you've seen of Arkansas State's offense and, you know, how did I kind of play in the Mountain West and just what you think against maybe some of that, uh, those Mountain West defenses where there seems to be an opportunity to put up some points and score. And, and, and you know a little bit about Utah State's offense as well and their quarterback situation. So, Yes, but I think this is this is going to be a good fit for Blake Anderson. And like Eric said, I, I'm kind of a Mountain West junkie. I enjoy watching them play. And uh, they have a good quarterback right now. And, of course, everyone knows about Jordan Love, who was just drafted by the, the Packers first in the first round. And so uh, I, I think it shows, okay, there, there's, there's a passing game like Blake Anderson that can be done at Utah State. And I know they're having a down year this year, but I, I think they just found their quarterback, Andrew Peasley. Uh, he's only started two games. His first game, he did great. His second game, they played Air Force, and, and Air Force was able to kind of contain that offense uh, a little better in his first game. However, Andrew Peasley reminds me of a guy, um, not as big in, in, in stature, but he reminds me of a quarterback, Justice Hansen, and anyone that follows this podcast and follows Sunbelt uh, will, will remember that the former uh, Offensive Player of the Year for the Sunbelt for Arkansas State, quarterback under Blake Anderson, 
a guy who started OU, transferred to Arkansas State, a big guy who was thought to have an NFL future and just for whatever reason uh, that kind of did not happen. But he's a guy who reminds me of PZ as they have strong arms and they're athletic enough where they can run it too. And I think that's an aspect where no disrespect for Logan Bonner or Lane Hatcher, they're they're good athletes in their own right. Uh, but defenses aren't really having to be concerned about them running. And with Justice Hansen, he was athletic enough where uh, he – you know, the defense would have to prepare for him running. And Andrew is a, probably, is a better athlete than all those guys uh, that I just mentioned. So I think Blake Anderson is able to maybe develop that offense a bit more potentially, uh, even though they're going against, you know, stiffer competition for the most part uh, in the Mountain West. I think it's a good situation, not just for Blake Anderson, but for Andrew Peasley and Utah State uh, offensively uh, with Anderson coming in. Anyone who's been a college football fan knows the story of Blake Anderson, of course, the tragic passing of his wife. So we want to wish, obviously, Blake, you know, the best and uh, nothing but success there at Utah State as he embarks on the next role. And we'll keep an eye from the Sunbelt POV to see who is the next head coach uh, at Arkansas State and what type of offense they will employ. As one thing you know, they got rece- they got talent at the receiver position, excuse me. So that's one thing you're walking into that you got to be excited if you're a, an offensive-minded guy. And we'll transition a nice segue into the Mountain West Conference, Fresno State and Nevada. Uh, what did you see from that game, Steve? Yeah, so, again, we've talked about uh, these two guys somewhat uh, decently on, on the podcast the past few weeks. And Carson Strong from Nevada, Jake Hayner uh, for Fresno State, uh, two of the best quarterbacks in the Mountain West and in the whole group of five overall. Carson Strong has NFL potential. Jake Hayner may as well. Uh, you know, Nevada came away with the win. But two good quarterbacks uh, playing, you know, spinning the ball very well. And Jake Hayner is able to move around with his legs a little bit too. So the two combined for eight total touchdowns and 839 yards, uh, just a fun uh, kind of quarterback game to, to watch those two guys go at it. So two guys to, to remember and to keep an eye on uh, not just the rest of the season, but next year as well. I feel like, like Eric said, this is, I don't, I'm not going to call it like this, like spring practice, but it's like a preview of what's to come next year. Uh, you know, so we can kind of get excited about next year with, you know, the season over for several teams and ending this week and next weekend for, for most others. Steve, let's go and get a little bit of transfer portal talk, man. It seems like that's kind of the buzzword. That's the hot word across college football nowadays, transfer portal. Uh, it's only a matter of time before all sports end up, in, end up with a transfer portal, you know, a high school transfer portal. Hopefully, uh, God save us from that, you know, but uh, it's a big thing right now in college football and everyone knows about the rules. The one-time transfer rule that's expected to pass in January, which will allow all players, regardless of their situation, to get immediate eligibility uh, in addition to the, the rule that allows players to come back. So you've got some notes here. 21 G5 quarterbacks in the portal now, 19 P5 quarterbacks. Hard to imagine that, or have to imagine a lot would be looking to transfer down to a G5 level. You have to imagine that the, the G5 guys, you can have a handful of looking to go up and a handful of guys who were looking to go FCS, such as you know Isaiah Green, for example, who's landed at Tennessee State. But Steve, this is kind of what I want to talk to you about. You know, we won't get into the names specifically and landing places and where they can go and offensive fits and things of that nature. You're someone who's played the position and you know, while you were far from you know, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, or Brett Favre, you have the experience of having to walk into a college system and, and learn offense, right? Mm-hmm. And I want to ask you, A, it's a two-part question. One, what are you expecting, or, or what's, not you, but what's fair to be expected from a transfer portal quarterback who had to come into a situation which right now we're still dealing with the coronavirus and we don't know what offseason practices are going to look like. How fair is it for them to have that immediate 
impact that you may have seen uh, guys like James Morgan, you know, be the power five schools. You see guys transfer all the time and have that immediate impact day one, you know, Joe Burrow at LSU. How fair is that? And then the second part of this question is I want, I think fans have come to expect if they get a transfer portal quarterback, that this is supposed to be an automatic upgrade. Right. And I, I think it's fair to let people know this is still a 50, 50 proposition. You know, you still have, it, it may work out in some places, some places it may not. So I'll just take the first part of the question. I'll pick that apart as far as this kind of the nuances and how difficult it is to pick up an offense, especially given some of the challenges you could have um, with COVID and, and, and not having a full off season. Yeah. So I think like we've talked earlier, it's just kind of like uh, unprecedented time. So um I think the the toughest thing won't necessarily be the terminology uh, with kids transferring, but just like getting the reps with your with your uh, with your teammates, with your receivers, and getting kind of used to how your coaching how your, how your coaches coach and how you take that coaching. So it's one thing to study the playbook and you know know what the X receiver does in this zone, the Z receiver does in this zone, but it's a whole other thing to actually perform on the field. So I think if if there are uh, not sanctions. Um, what's the word? Like if there are postponements from practices and, you know, sure. if, if it's similar to like how it was this past off season, I think uh, obviously it, you know, you'll see some, you'll, it'll be much tougher in the grad transfers. Um, however, if it's quote unquote normal, or at least let's say it's, it's more participation in the last off season, I think it's fair to ask uh, for a high level of uh, performance former grad transfer depending on who it is so that's the other biggest thing depending who the grad transfer is so let's look at two quick examples so we have go, go for uh, it. just let's just look at like a like a grad transfer like like logan bonner from or arkansas state if he transfers to a school similar to arkansas state or lower level i think it's fair to say hey we expect him to come perform at a high level because he's performed at a high level before at arkansas state uh and then but that doesn't mean he's going to necessarily, right? And then let's look at Jason Shelley, the quarterback at Utah State for the first four games, transferred from Utah. He played sparingly some when Tyler Huntley was hurt and did well at Utah. So initially you think, okay, transferring down a level, he's going to do well. Well, things just didn't work out, and you know, now he's no longer in the team. So I think it depends on the on the player, uh, if what you can expect from him. But then can he get reps with the team? So it's not so much about – understanding the offense as it is to get in that camaraderie with not only the the teammates but the coaches as well so i think that's a that is probably the, the biggest hindrance if there is more postponements and practices and not to mention like it, it's kind of like where are all these kids going to go i know we're not going to talk about the kids yet but you know fcs like some conferences are still trying to have uh seasons next year and it's yeah. just kind of a big I know that's kind of more your alley and you'll be able to touch on all that more, but I know it's kind of just a big uh, kind of mess and a headache in, in, in general. So, Steve, what was the biggest challenge for you in picking up an offense, stepping in from high school to college? And granted, you know, we're not talking about high school to college here, but I just yeah. I want to kind of give the, the listeners a reference point. Yeah, and so and I did transfer colleges to – so. Um, so I went to school and then transferred to another school. So I have, you know, a semi-experience of that. But my biggest thing was just being immature at the time, you know, not studying the playbook like I should. Um, but I, I think for, for – and plus I, I, I didn't start right off the bat, so that was hard for me to stay mentally into it. So I think if you're mentally engaged, even if you're going in as a third or fourth string guy, uh, and then say when your number gets called upon like it did at one point for me and, you know, I, I, I uh, fell on my face – uh, but if you're prepared and you're studying like the number one guy, even for third or fourth string, that's going to pay off uh, 
you know, big time for you. So as cliche as it sounds like knowing the offense in and out, even if you're not necessarily getting the number one reps are huge and you know, taking mental reps is also a big deal and can be a, it's something that's harped on, but it's something that's probably rarely ever done. Uh, but guys that take it more seriously, I think, uh, I think that shows in the field. So I, I know it's a big man. It's this for you. So people like you and me, it's kind of, okay, let's sit back and see, you know, where these guys end up, what schools take what. It's kind of uh, not entertainment, but it's very interesting for us. But for, you know, a lot of these kids, it's kind of a, you know, this being like from a, a human standpoint, it's kind of like a scary thing, right? It's like, man, I'm transferring, so-and-so is transferring, where am I going to end up? It's like they're opening up their recruitment all over again. Uh, so from a human standpoint, you kind of feel it for the kids, but at the same time, you know, it kind of is what it is. We can probably dive into this a little bit more as we start to see where quarterbacks land. But what I'm really looking forward to see is, there are certain offenses, and I'm, I definitely want to give you, you know, 30 seconds, four or five seconds to opine on this afterwards, but there's certain offenses that naturally are easier for quarterbacks to pick up, right? For example, or to have success, and I should say. So, for example, FIU's offense is one that there's a lot of autonomy placed on the quarterback as far as reads pre-snap. You know, you need to be able to identify certain things pre-snap, post-snap, so that you can go through your reads effectively and, and make the plays, right, that, that are there. You and I have talked about the air raid offense and that while it is not a watered down offense, neither of us would call it that, you have a certain amount of things that are determined to you by a look, and then that's just where you're going, right? That'd be fair to say. So um, I'll ask you a quick question, and we don't have to give a detailed answer because I'm sure we'll opine on it more, but do you, in your mind, do you kind of think like, all right, there's certain offenses out there that certain styles of offenses that as a quarterback is kind of plug and play? Yes, 100%. And and you're right with the air raid. So there's an example of... This is not throwing anyone under the bus because this was, you know, reported years ago. There's an example of uh, Bryce Petty, quarterback at who was his name, quarterback at Baylor years ago when, when Art Bryles was there, and you know they they had their version of the air raid, and he gets to. Okay, I don't want to say this is 100 percent accurate. This is kind of what 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 was reported and what I heard. He gets to you know interview. I, with, I, I want to say this is Stephen Hamner, non-journalist, saying this is not 100 percent accurate. Not, not me. Yeah, <laughs> at all. But uh, maybe it wasn't. You know, rewind let's just say there's a quarterback at Baylor and he's getting interviewed for the, the NFL uh NFL scouts are interviewing him and he couldn't even tell you what a basic cover two kind of defense was uh and so if I'm a quarterback and I don't have to necessarily know what the defenses are doing I just know if I get a look then these are my two options and if those two options aren't there then you know I have my my safety valve whatever that is but it's gonna be much easier to kind of plug and plug and play if you will so um to, to answer the question is uh, yeah, that, that that air raid type offense, as long as there's not like a bunch of like option routes, different schemes can be a lot easier to kind of plug and play. Um, but the offense like FIU, as you mentioned, can be a bit more complex. And with that, we're going to go ahead and kind of wind down the episode here. We didn't want to go too heavy into a preview because with COVID cancellations and things of that nature, you don't know which games are going to be played. And as we're, we're getting down to week 15, we'd rather kind of go ahead and recap the games that have been played as far as, you know, that's concerned. So kind of too much, of a, too much of a preview. But we do want to say this, as Steve mentioned off the top, we are growing this podcast, doing some really fun expansion. So what we're going to kind of do coming up in a couple of weeks as we enter the offseason is we're going to lean heavily on you guys. We want your guys' feedback. Who do you want to hear from? What do you want to hear about? We will make our best attempts and efforts to go out and get those guys. And something else, Steve, that I'm going to let you elaborate on a little bit is we're going to try to at least, you know, maybe once uh, once a month or so, or maybe maybe a little more frequently than that, try to have an actual quarterback on it. It's not to say that Steve is not an actual quarterback, but we want to get someone, you know, has uh, been a face the bullets, you know, maybe a two two year starter, three year starter. 
Uh, we're going to try to have some quarterbacks from around the way, you know, guys you've heard in this podcast like James Morgan, for example. But we're going to try to get some other guys on, former quarterbacks at the G5 level, to provide their insight as well. But with that being said, definitely want to thank all of you guys for listening. The next few episodes, we'll definitely go heavy into the transfer portal and quarterbacks that are going to be transferring to school X and school Y, maybe some good fits that we see, you know, maybe I got the Sunbelt, let's see what the Sunbelt level at the Conference USA level, Sunbelt level, Mountain West, et cetera. So we're going to kind of get into that. And again, you can find this podcast on Twitter at QB Spotlight. You can find me on Twitter at Eric C. Henry underscore, and you can find Steve on Twitter at S-T-E-V-E-N, Hamner, H-A-M-N-E-R. Steve, as we said, we are expanding this thing. I want to leave you final thoughts, and then we will uh, sign off. Anything else you want to leave the people with? Yeah, so like Eric said, any, you know, anything y'all want to see or any, any ways y'all think this can, can grow, we are uh, open to you know, any uh, ideas and suggestions and requests, if you will. So y'all please just uh, shoot us a, a message on Twitter, me or Eric, and uh, we're going to get some more quarterbacks on, some, some guys that I've trained and some, some guys that I've uh, been able to work with uh, the past few years and guys that will be able to have a, a more advanced expertise uh, kind of explanation and breakdown and just kind of cool stories than, than, than what I will have. And, uh, you know, me and Eric will continue to kind of make this just a, a quarterback hub, if you will. And so we've got some other stuff in the, in the works that we'll share down the road. But, you know, for right now, we're excited with the next step. So like Eric said, y'all please us. Uh, any, any suggestions we are open to anything or any questions so uh, any any good reviews send towards my way any negative reviews as always send towards Eric's way <laughs> I am more than happy to take the negative reviews it comes with the territory of the job as always thank you I want you guys to stay safe uh, happy football watching